Hey, what's up, guys? Before today's episode, I just wanted to add a little bit and tell you guys how much how much I appreciate all of this. This whole journey of doing this podcast really came about randomly, and it's been really great since I've been doing it. And all of you guys who listen to me ramble and talk over people for hours... <laughs> It's just, it's really awesome and hearing from everybody, seeing all the messages people send me about how much they like the podcast and everything. I just wanted to let you guys know, I love everybody who takes the time to listen to this, and I appreciate you guys. Um, it's It's been incredible so far, and I, I plan to continue to give some interesting conversations show different people's stories and to just talk about what's out there what's on my mind and it won't always be the same topics either I might introduce some different stuff too uh today's episode I had a really good conversation with a girl named Laura and her husband Jacob we had a really great conversation just about drinking with a spinal cord injury having fun, how active she was before her accident, how her and her husband's relationship has evolved since her accident, and there's just a lot of interesting stuff. So without further ado, here's the episode with Laura and Jacob Beck. Hey Siri, play Lil Booties Matter. One sec, here's Lil Booties Matter. Lil Booties this is my song for the summer, bitches. Wet hit the, I want the, I need the, show me the, show me the, this for the, you know the love boots matter. All right, so here is to rolling with the punches, literally and figuratively. <laughs> rolling with the punches. Cheers. Clink. Oh, yeah, let me get a drink of that. All right. Welcome, everybody, to excuse my language, but I am here with Laura Beck and her husband, Jacob, right? Yeah, Jacob. And we're we're just talking, hanging out. How you guys doing? Fantastic. Good. Yeah. You guys probably just heard we just took a shot. <laughs> and that's that's one of those interesting topics is like people will question me like they just don't know about spinal cord injuries or just people because I'll get a lot of questions when I'm drinking or like when I when people see me drinking they're like oh you can drink I'm like yeah yeah I can drink we can drink fine I can do all the regular things so before my injury I had my friends come over and I really wanted to isolate a twerk. So right. we had been drinking, obviously. And I'm like laying on the carpet in our living room, like trying to isolate a twerk. And we were going to be going to trivia at nine. But I was like dead set on twerking. Getting that one isolated twerk never happens. Right. So we didn't even ever make it to trivia. And now I'll like try to twerk. <laughs> I'll like pretend like I'm moving my butt now. And my friend will be like, mm, get the little booty going. Yeah. Mm, get it, get it, get it. Go, go, go. I'm like. Not doing anything, but like, hey, we can dream, right? Yeah. 
That's my song yep. for the summer. Thanks for that. So man. have you ever have you ever puked in your chair? Like drank so much you had to puke? Yeah, I did that like two months after the accident. My therapist oh, told me this. She said, I don't, you know, you, you can drink. Just don't wash your meds down with your alcohol. You know, I think she told me never to tell anybody <laughs> that either. So, but whatever. Um, <laughs> I was like so scared to drink because people were like, oh, it's bad. It's bad. But I was on so much what? medication then. Um, See, but like I'm on meds and shit too. And it's like, it don't do shit. It's fine. Well, here's what happened is I was like, well, I was going to have a great time because it was Mariah's birthday. So I was like, I'm going to drink and, you know, I was going to smoke a little weed. Sorry, right. fam, if you're listening to this. Yeah, sometimes I smoke, whatever. So anyway, I um, I took like a sip of a champagne and orange juice. Why did I not just call it a mimosa? I don't know. Don't ask right. me. But <laughs> I had a, like a sip of my mimosa. So basically nothing. And then I smoked some. And I threw up like eight times. No way. Dude. And that was it. It was awful. It was awful. Oh I felt God. so bad because my friends were like, you know, we, this was all just new to us. We were like, what the hell? You can be a quadriplegic. What is quadriplegic? And then I'm like throwing <laughs> up. Can't sit up in my chair. Just my friends the, felt real bad. On like, the couch, like half asleep. We're all <laughs> eating fajitas, yeah. feeling really awkward about it. <laughs> <laughs> that was her best birthday ever. So then how'd you... Did someone just give you a bucket? <laughs> we ordered those blue bags. Dude. Oh. Did I not tell like, you the last... It's, it, it's, not like, it's not like you can puke in the toilet. No, you can't. Like, no. How'd you do it? Um, I puked into a sink. And it was like hard. It got all over my shirt and stuff. It wasn't pretty. Was oh, like, no. Did someone have to like lift you? Yeah, Jacob did. Um, oh. But I didn't tell you this. So I had a pinched sciatic nerve. Like mm-hmm. the end of the first year of my accident. And I was throwing up for about five months every single day at least once. And it'd be oh like at therapy. So we had these like blue throw up bags. Um, and it would be like, need a blue bag. And I would throw up in the blue bag and then continue on with my day. So like I'd be on the locomat, like my therapist would go get me um a blue bag, I would throw up as I'm walking on the locomat and just give it to her and keep right. going. Like I did that for a real long time and that That was the worst. It was the worst. Terrible. Yeah. You never knew when it was gonna happen, like in the middle Damn. of the night or like And that's the worst thing in the world is being woken up in the middle of the night and you're not gonna throw up. Because it is not easy to throw up in the bed. It isn't. Oh shit. Especially if right. you're on your back. Like I had friends we had some friends come during that time and Jacob and um, the guy in that came, they were building a fence. So I was with my friend Lauren inside and she didn't know what to do because I'm like, I need to throw up. So she gave me a blue bag, but I'm on my back. So I have the bag like right here. Like I can't throw up right. to the side. So it was like all in my hair. It was. Oh my God. Dude. Did you, have you ever, have you ever like puked and swallowed it? No, but I have <laughs> choked on a lot of other things. It's kind of a oh funny story, but like, yeah. Um, no, I'd never, never choked on my... Well, yes, actually, I guess so, because I get you to, like, help me throw up, because it'll get stuck in my throat. If you push it up, like, push like, to get a good... Yeah. I don't know, you had a good one before the injury, when you threw up in the cups at the Mexican restaurant. Oh! <laughs> oh, my God. What? 
dude, this was like a month before the accident, <laughs> but we went out with friends to a trivia at a Mexican restaurant, and I went ham. I went ham on some margaritas, <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to throw up. And it was like I had no time to like run to the bathroom, so I just grabbed one of the cups on the table. I threw oh. up into it. Oh like in front of like everybody, and then I was like, "Okay, <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go." Like, uh, no, no, no. That's when that's when you hold up the glass. Like, sup, guys? <laughs> <laughs> there was no mess. It was like it was, it's like you could because they people had seen that I'd like drink both levels. So when they looked back, right. my mess cup was this high. They're like, what the "Oh f-? no, right? It's not what you think it is." <laughs> not margarita. Do not drink this margarita. Didn't buy another one. Yikes. For me, if I'm if I puke, I'll like catch it in my mouth and just swallow it. Like the first time, the first time I ever puked uh, from drinking, it was at a loud ass party. I was DJing, and then uh, the girl that I was with me we were kind of dating and like she we were all just hanging out having a party but nobody could hear me like nobody can hear me if the fucking tv's on so it's hard enough to hear me in a big ass party and i'm playing music i'm like djing cool shit and every time i put on something that everybody liked people would be coming over giving me shots it was like my third or fourth year at uh u of m and i had two roommates and we'd we'd have like fucking 30 40 people in our dorm and we'd just be banging music i'd be playing whatever and people would be vibing it and giving me shots and shit and then this was probably the first year i drank ever uh so it was like halfway through the night i'm fucked up and someone gave me a shot of some shitty ass sky vodka <laughs> and so immediate, immediately when i swallow it i'm like oh i'm puking right now oh. and so i puked a shit ton caught it all in my mouth and no, cuz no, no, no. i did, i didn't want to like just puke all over my vent and trach and shit so i I caught it all in my mouth, immediately swallowed it, and then the, so when I swallowed it, I'm screaming for the girl that's with me to go grab the suction machine. She can't hear me, because I know it's going to come back up. (sighs) So immediately it comes back up, and I puke again, catch it all in my mouth, hold it for about five, ten seconds, let my stomach settle. And then swallowed it all again. Oh. It was chunky. Tasted oh. like shitty vodka. It, it was the nastiest shit ever. But that. It, it, yeah, that shit was insane. And then I just kept playing music. <laughs> I don't think there is anyone going to one-up that story. So, no. <laughs> no, no. God damn. Oh, man. Oh, that I was, was blasphemous. I'm sorry. So you guys have like a really interesting story as far as how the accident happened. The fact that you guys were there together, I think, is different than most people. Yeah. Uh, can you tell me like 
how that went about. How, like, just explain to everybody what your accident was and how it was together. So, um, I was sleeping in the passenger seat and we were on the interstate. We left. Actually, we had just celebrated Jacob's birthday because the accident happened like five minutes before, you know, 12 a.m. on his birthday. So we were celebrating his birthday and we left um, that night. His dad like begged us to stay, but because it was going to be raining the whole way back to Chattanooga. Um, And we left anyway and we hit a puddle um, that hydroplaned and then flipped our car three times and then we hit a tree and the tree hit the roof and and it crushed it um the dogs and jacob were totally they didn't have scratches um it was the tree that compressed the roof into my head and then burst fractured my c6 um jesus vertebrae and that was the fucked up part of the picture i saw it was like the whole roof was just collapsed in Mm-hmm, on that side. Yeah. Did you post other side of the car? So, like, her side of the car was fucked up, <clears throat> and then my side of the car looked, like, normal. Like, there's a few grass, you know, pieces hanging on, but that was about it. It looked like nothing had Damn. happened. Yeah. I don't know how nothing happened to the dogs, though, because they were... Well, so, we had, like, a shit ton of stuff in the back of the car because it was about to be Christmas, and Jacob's Mimi sent us home with, like, all this Christmas garb. And so we were like, I mean, packed up in the back of the car. Um, And they were loose in the back of the car. So all that shit went flying with them and they were perfectly fine. Um, Yeah, it's crazy. It's also crazy that Jacob didn't, he didn't even have a scratch, like nothing. Jeez. So I went on lengths about how I feel like my accident happened for a reason in my last podcast and just so many little things that you could say are coincidences but there's so many so many things after my accident that i i just feel like i don't know i think this has happened for a reason and i think part of that reason is so that i can also fight through getting back up again and do you feel like your accident has happened for a reason at all or something because something so crazy like that the fact that everyone else in the car was completely fine and only you were hurt in a very very specific way and you talked about how like any other circumstance you'd either be dead or fine yeah i mean the roof just had to knock me a little bit harder and I'd be brain dead. And I guess I think about that. I'm not, I don't know so much that I would say that I feel like it happened for a reason. Um, yeah, I think, so I do say all the time, I'm like, you could have been in that car seat, you know, like right. not to Jacob, but like to, to anyone else. To like anybody. You, you right. I mean, there were five other cars that, hit that same spot and had accidents on the same spot that that we did um, that month of our accident. So it's like, I don't know why I have a spinal cord injury. Well, I'm just, I'm not saying that it didn't happen for a reason. I'm just saying like, 
I think it's up to the right. to the person that it happens to to kind of yeah. You're still pretty early on though too. Mm-hmm. You're only two years out of your accident. Yeah. And and I know at that point I I didn't feel like that at all. I was very like I definitely wasn't sad. I had some anger moments. Really just anger with like everybody who's with me. The fact that everybody has to do shit for me all day, every day. But um the accident itself I don't know. I I definitely didn't feel like it. It was this broader thing uh, at that point, for sure. Not. I was still very just kind of going with it. But my accident is kind of the same way. Like there, there were so many things that happened in that short moment that if if anything else had happened, I I'd be completely fine. Like. So I did a backflip in the hallway in high school. And when I was getting ready to do the backflip, it was right towards the end of school. Like it was, the bell was about to ring. And I was like, all right, let's do it right before, before the crowd, the hallways get crowded before anything, anything pops off. And so I'm like, all right, I'm a, I'm a run, do a back handspring where you like, kind of do a cartwheel and then a backflip and that was my thought process and while I was getting ready to do it the bell rang so people started coming out of the rooms so I was like all right can't do that so now let's I was like all right I'll just do the backflip right here and meanwhile the hallways just getting more and more crowded and I don't know why I just had this real strong feeling like, I wanted to do it right then. But part of me was like, yo, just do it another time. But I, I don't know what it was. I don't know what made me still do the backflip. So I was like, all right, I'm going to do it right here. And then instead of doing a back handspring where, like, you put your hands out, before, like, in between it, uh, I the crowd, like, kept getting bigger and bigger. And then... I had a small little space to do it. So then I was like, all right, I'll just do a back tuck right here. And all this going on, all this chaos, I think that is kind of what led to me not completing it. But it just, like, if anything else had happened, if I did it earlier before the bell rang or any of that, I I don't think this would have happened. Damn. So... Right. I say. So, what point did you feel like uh, you switched to the idea of like mm. it happened for a reason? So, it was probably sophomore year at college, which was probably like four years after my accident, where I had a lot of time. I had all these things happening. The fact that I was able to keep doing marching band. The fact that I was able to graduate and go to college and then when I was in college it just seemed like little things just always fell into place like over and over and over again uh when I applied to college I thought I was gonna have to live at home and commute because I figured well there's no way I can live on campus and it turns out the scholarship they gave me 
was enough money to pay for school and pay for dorms and stuff. And they were adamant about telling me that if I wanted to, I could live on campus. And they got me a dorm, uh, all accessible and everything. So stuff like that. And then nursing my freshman year, I had no nurses. Uh, We had one nurse that was on night shift and everything else was family because we just had like a couple issues were happening. One of our nurses were leaving. Another one we had to let go. So we really had no help, but we were still able to do it. My brother came home. He was with me from like 9 a.m. till 11 at night every day. And my night nurse was doing like five, six days a week. And it was just crazy. And then slowly but surely, we just kept building and building and building. And things just kept falling into place and working out. Whenever we thought anything was going to go away or wasn't going to work out, it did. Mm. And so much, so much so, I got to the point. Even now, like, I don't worry. I don't worry about stuff. I know. I know things. Things will work out. Hmm. However it happens is how it happens. And, yeah, I've, I've been extremely blessed. And just going with it. Just got to just go with it. Yeah. Hmm. Where where are you at? With accepting it or with? I don't know. Because I don't think we ever accept it. At least I I haven't. Still, nine years after, I'm like, this shit still sucks. But So I think back to um, another quadriplegic I know. I think she's uh, 10 years into it. Maybe seven yeah. years into it. But she was... Um, talking to me i think i might have told you this last last time we talked but um Mm -hmm. who knows i i was a little tipsy (laughs) anyway right um, but um (laughs) yeah she said you know i think that there is the ability to have the paradoxical existence of like accepting that the accident has happened and that you know like you do what you can in the midst of it but then also this like hope that there will be a cure and that we right. will get to get up again and not, I, I mean, I don't know how much I think that in my time I'll be able to be completely like back to, I don't want to say normal, back to the way. No, nah, back to normal. Because this shit ain't normal. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it doesn't have to be though. So many people get mad at saying like, you're still normal and i'm like right yeah no i don't i don't get mad at words it's it's just words like and just accept it like cripple and all that stuff yeah yeah i'm crippled but that's not who i am you know what i mean mm-hmm. so yeah i'm i'm cool with it yeah when we're back to normal what do you want to do what's the first thing i will do what's the first thing you want to do have some really great sex. I know, right? I can actually feel it. Yup. 
I always say the very first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to tell everybody to get out so I can jack off. And then <laughs> after that, after that, then yeah, we can explore whatever, whatever we want to do. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> that's one of my, that's one of my favorite questions to ask people though, especially people close to me and close to my life. I'm always like, so what's the first thing you want to do when I get up? And I've heard all types of stuff. Like one of my friends, she was like, I want to go and fight in a sumo, like one of those fat, like sumo suits uh, and just go. Or another friend of mine said she, she wanted to go on a, a hot air balloon ride. I'm like, all right, I'm down. And just crazy answers. I just, I, that's one of my favorite questions. So after some good ass sex, what do y'all want to do? Mm. Go on a six mile run with my dog. Mm. And that's, and that's one of the main things you did before your accident too, was the uh, dog training. Yeah. Hiking, dog training, running, trail running, hike, uh, camping. Yeah, we were pretty much outside yeah. every day. Like we got off work, got the dogs, and went somewhere to do something. Mm. Mm. We still do. Like today we went, so I got my smart drive fixed, and we went like two miles with the dogs out on this levee thing. Um, so we still do stuff. It just it just looks really different. Um, it's not quite as. Yeah, we can't get lost on a trail on a mountain, <laughs> you know, like we used to. We have before, I guess, but. Yeah. It's still different well, with a chair. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How's it different? Because <laughs> it's hard as fuck to go everywhere, um, uh, in layman's terms. But it's just right. the trails here, while they're nice and great, they're just really rocky and rooty and... Technical. Yeah, technicals. Even, like, you know, simple trails to get a wheelchair on are actually pretty difficult um, to navigate and get places. So it's almost like your mindset, you have to... You have to think about a lot more things before you go. Yeah, just have to make sure that it's like, well, we've tried different trails that are like, it's accessible and it's not accessible. Like, it'll be Jacob pulling me over boulders. Um, So that's kind of one of our goals together is to like, Jacob's been building an app for that. Um, There's an app. How so? Building an app for that. Because I have not touched it <laughs> in like two months. Jacob, you said it. You you were saying the other day you don't have much left on it. No, I, so I built an app. Like I I learned how to code um, before the accident and continue learning after. Yeah. Taught myself how to use Flutter, which is Google's like newer um, coding software, and you can develop app and iOS, uh, Android and iOS apps at the same time. And so I started building her an app to do like accessibility things, but I slack off on it. And or more or less just don't feel like doing it after I get done at work in the evenings. What do the app do? So are you familiar with like all trails or roots rated? Mm, not really. Gotcha. So what it is, it'll be like a database. So like on the back end, we'll take like user entries and stuff we put up there, of like places we've been and how accessible they are. Um, uh, what's required of it. Like do you need like, a manual <laughs> chair, power chair? Oh, goodness. Um, other things. It's okay. Our dogs will do the same thing in a minute. I know. He's in here just chilling. He's always laying right by me. And now he's in here laying, but he might he might see something outside. <laughs> That's about the same deal with us usually. Um, uh, right. so the app, it but works. Yeah. It'll take like your location. 
and then it'll list all the places near you that people have been to or that have like a right. listing on it. And it'll explain their experience as well as like how accessible it is. And so it'll That's cool. provide like information for people in, with disabilities, right? It's not just a wheelchair thing. It'll be, you know. I, I love that kind of stuff because like there's so many times I'll be out and about and that's that's something I don't think about. Like in the one moment that I don't consider it and I just assume I'll be able to get in somewhere is the one moment that it's not accessible and we have to like go do something else. Like I went out, I went out to dinner with my buddy and we were like all set on going to this restaurant. And I was like, well, it's in Ann Arbor. I'm sure. I'm sure I can get in. And then we get there and they had like two or three steps in front of it and I couldn't get in. And so we had to go to somewhere else down the block. Hmm. So knowing, knowing stuff like that before, before you go is nice. Yeah. It just makes it, makes it more comfortable and like, once again, just makes something else you don't have to think about. Yeah. Yep. One of them, I think it'd be huge for people like just getting out of inpatient therapy and stuff because you get home and the world pretty much just like slaps you in the face. Yeah. Like, oh, hey, welcome back. Good luck. Have fun. Nobody gives a shit, really. And I <laughs> uh, hope you can get where you yeah. need to go. It's true. Exactly. And then, so what other activities did you guys do before? Before the accident. Because you said, I think I saw a video of you playing piano. Yes, um, I did play piano uh, before. I played from the time I was three till till the accident. And I've kind of dabbled with like playing like two keys at once. Um, like with my typing aids. Yeah. And I used this it- app called... Uh, acapella and you can oh yeah you can put the keys together so that it like plays everything i guess i would have played on my own right um and then i also have taught my friend mariah some of the stuff that i used to play um she gets really excited like i taught her a chance the rapper song same drugs i don't know if you know it um come on sing (laughs) 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 not right now Maybe we'll see later. later when I'm a little if I drink right. more. Who knows? Right. Um, yeah, Jacob, what it before the accident you were very like you just what would you say you were involved in? I don't know. I mean, I still do a lot of the same things. I feel like I do a lot of like building things and yeah. I like to work on our house. Um, like we renovated our kitchen. Started before the accident and just finished it like two months ago or so. Or I guess a month ago, mm. really. Um, then building things that she finds on Pinterest or ideas she have, like I'll just go and build it or make something. Right. So then for you, a lot's changed after the accident. Just that you have to help her with more. Yeah, I mean, our whole life's kind of changed in a lot of ways. I feel like um, we want to have a remote job now, which is amazing because I'm able to be here. But you know. Like, my days are really interesting because I could go from, like, you know, working in a meeting, jumping up lower, do something, then jumping right back in a meeting or do something else. So it's, like, really choppy right. and just, you know, it's flu- not fluid at all, which is vastly different than anything else I've ever done. 
definitely. Was it the same job, just remotely or no? no. So that it was the job I did have. They were letting me work from home, right after the injury. But I got a new job while we were in inpatient therapy that started like a month after she got home or so. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and what's that? Not, it's with a company called Ever Accountable. Um, uh, I it's a small company. It's like twelve of us. So I do all sorts of things mm. for them, um, but it allows me. It's fully remote. There's no home office. Um, the owner just moved to Fiji, um, uh, and so I don't have a mm-hmm. schedule. I don't have like a set time I have to work. Uh, it's only about me getting my job done, which makes it super. It is, <laughs> and I I probably applied for like 200 jobs, and then happened to get this one. Like mm-hmm. at the perfect timing. Like so, if you go back and talk about what you said about like having a purpose or a exactly. reason, right? Like we got this job, like it couldn't have been better timing. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense. Yeah, um, and like I said, probably applied to over two hundred jobs. And while I was at the other job I had, right. and it just so happened that while we were in new patient therapy, I, you know, got offered this one. It's so funny because the same type of thing happened with my dad, where like he we were building up a lot of debt and stuff and then kind of just at the perfect time uh he got a job at comcast where he could work in the area like around where we live and that would be his his area (laughs) and then in the winter they laid him off with a severance and then after the severance brought him back (laughs) because of how good he was so uh, yeah the fact that he got all winter off uh, last year, and then yeah, with the nice was able to just pick it right back up. Exactly, and like like you said, just the right the right situation at the right time. Yeah. So then, Jacob, how's your experience with being a, I guess, quote unquote, caregiver, or just someone who's there to help her? <laughs> Like, what's that like being, being her helping hands and stuff? Is that, is that different for you or no? I mean, yeah, it's definitely different. Um, and it has posed its own set of challenges, but it has brought us closer um, in so many different ways and like helped me mature and her mature and like our relationship just grow. Nice. Uh, and it's, it's funny because just about everybody we talk to outside of therapists were like, you don't want to be your caregiver because you're not going to make it or. Well, cause that's tough. The fact that you guys are able to mesh like that it is. is awesome. Yeah. But I know, I know it's not all easy. I'm sure it's got its tough moments. Yeah, it definitely does. And I wouldn't say, you know, like anybody can just be caregiver husband and everything else. Right. And like, we have a perfect situation again, right? Like I have a fully remote job where I can do it. Right. If I had my other job at Unum, I would be stuck up in my, you know, quote unquote office where I had a landline computer that I had to work at. And like I have a specific set of hours, a specific quota I have to hit every day. Exactly. And, um, and I would not be near as flexible. So it, it just works out perfectly that I'm able to do all these things, which makes it really easy um, or n- not easy, but easier, I guess, than the normal person. And for so, sure. But yeah, and it and it's got to make it easier for you, Laura, knowing that you have this one person who you can really mesh with and you guys can get closer. And the fact that you have this person to rely on. Yeah. Um, I, 
so I've actually never had to have a, another person to be my caregiver other than my sisters. Um, and that's, I think been really wild in my experience. I don't think I quite, I don't think I quite see how, like, I think I would have a more like, uh, what's, uh, I'm trying to think of a good word, like how much I have. Yeah. I've never had to deal with a shitty caregiver because Jacob isn't just a caregiver like he actually cares for me so it's not someone coming to do a job it's like and i think he does see it as a job i think we have that separation of like this isn't us being romantic this is us getting shit done i don't know like it's it's part of for sure the job of it Um, when you're not in that romantic mindset when you're putting your pants on so the fact that he's able to separate that and be like all right let's just get this done (laughs) Yep, yeah. pretty much. And that's, yeah, that's definitely the most challenging part, right? Is maintaining that balance, yeah, for uh, sure. Which I can see why it could get out of hand quickly, right? If you weren't cognizant, and it helps. Like, you can look at me and say, "Oh, I'm doing so much," but like, it's also like two sides to a coin, right? The Glor's over here doing a lot too, and she makes it really easy for me to be able to do it because um, she should. Right. She could be bitter. She could be upset. She could be complaining all the time, but she's not. Um, especially like towards me, and so it it makes you know my job, quote unquote, a lot easier because of how her right. mindset in this whole process. That's what's up. So this brings up you know the hundred out of a hundred, the Doctor Phil thing. Yeah. Okay. I saw an article today. My friend Karen Devolt from Shepherd Center actually sent it to me. So Karen sent me this article, and it's this guy sharing the other side of the story, the hundred out of a hundred. He says, you know, like we quickly threw a viral hashtag out there that paraphrased out of context what Dr. Phil was trying to say. And if you go and you look at the whole um, at the whole episode, he synopsis. Yeah. Yeah. He pulls in another quadriplegic couple and in their experience, they don't look at this couple and say, like, you know, um, it's easy. Um, you need to not be being his caregiver if blah, blah, blah. Like, they're not just throwing out these, like, empty words. Like, they're saying, like, look, okay, that dude was, like, spitting on his girlfriend and treating her like shit when she's, like, helping him right. clean up his piss and stuff like that. So, like, that, I mean, she's right to feel like I can't do this. Because if you have someone that's Definitely. like, oh, you're helping me clean up my shit. Well, you're a piece of shit. And it's like. Okay, then I'm not going to help you clean up your shit. Like, what the hell? Um, right. And so I think the, the other quadriplegic the other quadriplegic couple that came in and spoke on it, um, the wife says, I look at him and I say, you know, first, you're my lover. First, you're my romantic partner. And if at any point the caregiving that I'm doing for you gets in the way, Am I talking too closely? No. If at any point the caregiving I'm doing gets in the way of our romantic relationship, that's when we need to reconvene and like reevaluate. Should you be being my caregiver? If it's exactly. And that's, that's something I've struggled with. Cause I, I, I've been in like only three relationships. Mm -hmm. I struggled with 
separating that, like you were saying, like being able to separate the times where it's just us being us. And then when it's time to do stuff in like caregiver mode and it, it, it was like my my mind would switch so quickly that I could tell they weren't in that same mindset where like I would immediately be like in my mind I'm like all right now we're doing stuff so let's just do it all right come on let's get it and then they're still like moving slow or just relaxed and all this stuff and wanting to just hang and all that and I would switch back and forth for a lot and so it it did kind of make it tough for them for sure and it was something I'm I'm still working on really and getting better at I think yeah well in that too I think they have to have some give like there has to be elasticity there because you can't be with someone that's like not okay with like holy shit, like, I'm about to choke. Like, I need right. to, to have a cough assist right now. If you have someone that can't right. go from making love to, like, holy shit, I have to, like, you know, get shit right. done right now. Like, I think that that's not fair yeah. for you to have to be with a person that can't, that can't well, do that it, for you. It, you it know? went both ways, too. Because there would be times we'd be having sex and shit, and then my, because when I'm I, me, being a guy, all my... My whole mindset was towards having sex. And then my tube is all jacked up, yanking to the side. And they are and they keep going, oh, are you okay? And I'm like, yes, fucking go. <laughs> but yes, I'm fine. So much so that there was times like it would damn near pop off. And then I'd still be like, it's fine. Bro, you can't do that. No, not really. That's that's not the best way to do that. No, I, I, yeah. Everything. But, I, I see what you're, where it comes from. Right, but I love I love that about you guys though, because like it's immediately seeable, especially on like your Instagram and stuff. You guys are like the dynamic duo. I think you guys are doing a great job at it. I would say that's ninety five percent Jacob, but that's just, I mean, I don't know. Not flip it and say it has Freaking more to do lucky. with you than me. <laughs> One of the things I love about your Instagram is like how you're still very motivated to do things on your own, trying to transfer and figure out how to transfer from your chair to the bed by yourself or all this different stuff and like trying to get up again and getting up and walking again. Uh, that That's one of those motivations that I know I still have is that I'm going to get up one day. Like, I know that I'm going to get up. Do you, are you fighting for that? I think that I am fighting for it. Um, but I also think that I am scared to fully hope in it. I think that's why I'm kind of like, okay, well, I am doing, you know, like you were talking about your STEM um, suit. Yeah. And I just recently got set up so that I can do standing frame and get STEM at the same time. So I'm weight bearing and stemming my body at the same time. And it is fucking exhausting. Like, right. I do 15 minutes right now, but I have to stop every five minutes to, like, catch my breath and, like, 
rev up for the next five minutes. It's, it's ki- sure. I told Jacob this morning, it's kind of like torture a little bit. Um, yeah. So, yes, I am very serious about keeping my body healthy and staying prepared for a cure and getting up again. Um, right. And honestly, I mean, I, I feel like I'm fighting for it without a cure, if you will. Like, I feel like I'm right. constantly thinking about moving my legs and like practicing moving them in my mind, just like mentally for sure. moving my legs. Like, so if I'm laying and watching a movie, I'll be like, and my legs have a little bit of movement so I can like even see the little bit of movement that I'm causing to happen. But I love right. to like just be moving my legs. <laughs> exactly. And I've been doing the same thing lately. Because I'm like working on a lot of different, a lot of different stuff. Because uh, we talked about, and the guy I was working with, uh, Ken, our little uh, witch doctor. Because <laughs> we don't really know exactly what he's doing, but I mean, even if it's just motivational, it works. Like the fact that I've been able to get more movement, get more feeling, and just from doing it is for real. And so that's that's something. I've been doing too whenever I'm sitting watching a movie. I'm always like trying to like rotate my arms or just do something. Yeah, just move your body in any way you can. Exactly. And once again, keeping our bodies healthy because if something does come about, which for me, there's way too much fucking research out there being done right now for one of them to not work. It's something's gonna happen. Something's gonna burst. So yeah, I'm I'm all ready for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know the guy that made the scaffold, right? Yep. So right after my accident, we had people sending us all types of research that was being done. All types of crazy stuff. And then for once again, for whatever reason, at the right moment, my dad read this one article that he was he was sent about in vivo and the scaffold. And the fact that, like, it was uh, 100% successful on both mice and monkeys. And so he emailed the CEO, Frank Reynolds, and he actually responded. And right after my accident, they got in contact, and they they still talk. And just talked the other day, and he's always giving us guidance. He was the one early on telling us what I needed to do to keep my body healthy and everything. Wow. And one of those was my muscles and everything and bone density and all that. And that was where we were able to get the axiobionic suit, the wearable therapy. And that's what's kept my body healthy all these years. Mm-hmm. And that was why. My dad was able to look at that and say, that's that's what we need because of what Frank Reynolds was telling him over the years and like all types of guidance early on. I remember even within when he first talked to him, they were they were talking about flying me to like Germany or somewhere to do the procedure anyway. But it was right on the border of like when you get it done. So we ended up not doing it. But yeah, it was good. It's great. Frank Reynolds is an awesome guy. Right on the border of when you get it done, what what do you mean? Yeah, so the so the scaffold right now is only for the acute stage, which is right after your accident. 
and it's within those first two weeks. You have to get it done like super early as as soon as possible so that no scar tissue is forming. The cyst is like, I don't know, I, I think it, the cyst is so a spinal spinal cord injury when you uh, puncture it or whatever, a cyst forms like a little ball of liquid and then that cyst goes away and it just becomes scar tissue. That's what the spinal cord injury is. Well, the scaffold goes in early on before scar tissue, absorbs the cyst and prevents any scar tissue from forming. And that, like when I look at all the different research that's being done, that's what's really groundbreaking to me. That's what I think will ultimately be a part of the ultimate cure. And then right now, ever since ever since the scaffolds came about, all the research I read about has something to do with the scaffold. The either adding stem cells right away or later on or adding. I've seen people adding like fish skins to the <laughs> to the scaffold and like oh. All types of weird stuff. So I'm like, all right, the research is being done on the scaffold. Everybody's doing different stuff. And something's going to happen. I, I already know it. And when it does, I, I know for sure my body will be healthy. You, you won't meet anybody who's more healthy than me nine years out. Like, you, you just won't. And yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I was taking pictures earlier of, like, my arms and shit trying to figure out the best way to show everybody what I'm talking about. And my fucking legs and arms are ridiculous. <laughs> Dude, you get stemmed all night long. Like, that's some... That exactly. Is, no one can compete with that. I. It's like I'm getting tased all day. Yeah, <laughs> Literally. You can't... Can you feel... You can't feel it though, right? No, not at all. Which is cool. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to sleep, probably. Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. a lot of the time, people that have lower levels than me, they feel it. So they complain about having it too high. But I can't feel it. So I've always had it at like... Yeah, crank that shit up. Yeah, exactly. 80 milliamps. Let's see how hard. Let's see how hard I can flex. <laughs> if my muscles ain't jumping off my bones, it's too low. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Dude, no. And when we first got it, my dad was really the one that pushed it on me even. Because, like, early on, I'm like any patient. I'm like anybody. I'm like, ugh, I don't want to do this at all the damn time. And my dad's the one like, no, we need to figure out a routine where we do it as much as possible. Because, like anybody, if you... If you're moving and shit, you're like, Jacob, you're flexing all your muscles all day, every day. Right now, you're flexing your abs, and you don't know it. Yeah, so, so, like, like all that support and everything, and that's, that's what we're trying to emulate and doing the same amount of reps and shit. And so, early on, we we were doing a shit ton, like, and just nonstop stemming. And my body kept just getting bigger and bigger. And I think that's somewhat what allowed my body to keep growing. Because before my accident, I was I was 5'8". And now, I'm probably like 6'1". Six six 
talked about getting one of those suits, but I don't think I could sleep in it because what I'm doing, the standing thing, dude, it's torture. Does it hurt? It's, it's like, it, I can't even, it's like my whole body. It's so hard to breathe whenever it's on. And so we set it to where it like amps up for 30 seconds and then it's, uh, it's. And then it dies off. A tenth of a second off. So I get 30 seconds and then it goes and then comes back on. Um, So I get like no relief from the like stem. Is yours completely on or does it stop and start and stop and start? Well, it like it does 50 reps and yeah, each one it like depending on the settings. So my shorts, I have four different settings the first one is slow then fast then rapid and then eccentric which does like stairs um and each one like slow just gradually comes up to 100 percent and then dies off slowly Hmm. but then the rapid it's like you can see me kicking and like i'm like slamming slamming my legs back on the bed and like all that so yeah the rapids pretty fast it's almost like running (laughs) and then yeah the eccentric builds up really fast and then dies off really slow so each one's different the one that i have it's not like patterns it's just like all stem at once and then right and all stem at once but um i don't know I've gotten up to 15 minutes. I was only 10 the first time, so. Right. And you said every five minutes you might take a break. Dude, I have to. Like, I have to come down from standing because my blood pressure will drop. And then um, it, mm. it it's like I can't breathe. So. And that was one of your big issues at the beginning. I saw a bunch of, like, pictures of you with blood pressure issues. Yeah. I just started being that? able to not wear my... um. I just started to not having to wear my compression socks. Um, I was having to wear compression okay. socks, a waist binder, which I still wear daily. And right. um, I have to take Midogen in the morning to get up. And then sometimes in the afternoon, depending on like how my blood pressure is. Um, I'm pretty right. good gauge at like my blood pressure. So I know if it's dropping and I know that if I like feel this certain way, I'm like, I need to sit down or I need to lift my right. leg up or someone tilt me back. Um, but yeah, it drops my blood pressure really low to stem the way that I'm doing with standing frame. So it's like a constant up and down of blood pressure and just not being able to breathe. So <laughs> yeah, hopefully no. that's tomorrow. So that's cool. Cause I saw something, your blood pressure was as low as like 75 over 50 or some shit. Dude, no 40 over 30. Yeah, it's been lower than that. Jesus. 40 over 30. Kelly White was with me. She's one of the day program therapists. Um, I was like, my blood pressure is real low. And she was like, okay, let's take it. 40 over 30. She just picked me up out of my chair and threw me on a mat. She was like, nope. Right. We're not going to make you transfer anything. How She's are like, you oh, awake? I, I don't know how I was still talking. I don't know. I mean, I'll be like. That's insane. And it'll be like 60 over 40 and I'm still pretty good. Like, yeah, I, think it's I, can, I can just, I don't know. That since the beginning. So you just naturally have a low blood pressure then. My yes. blood pressure before was 115 over 80 every time. Okay, so that's 
still pretty low. I guess it's just what it was all the time. My right. all my doctors were like, but yeah, healthy as a horse. Like, good. Thanks to know. <laughs> I mean, good, thanks. Right. Good to know. Oh my god, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd be scared to have you meditate. You might just die <laughs> just by sitting there. Oh my god, it drops your blood pressure. She'd be like, oh my god, Laura. She just took a nap and died. What the hell? Would that be considered like, you know, the ultimate phase of meditating? Right, exactly. The true enlightenment. I can go see God and come back. Exited. Will I return? That's the question. Right. We've been talking for a minute. Yeah, we had uh, two hours and 13 minutes. Pretty hot minute. Is there anything else you can think of? Any other funny stories, funny topics? Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. Not off the top of my head. (laughs) All right. So now sign off. Let you guys tell the people what you got going on, where they can find you uh, and what you're doing next. You can find me on Instagram at an honest quad. And if you want to find Jacob, he is in my bio. So there's that. Um, working on a lot of things. Not one thing in particular. But currently I have a vlog that will come out. Question and answer vlog. I'm not sure when it will come out. I've got to get it captioned. And yeah, I'll have that on my page in my bio. If you got any questions, hit me up. What, what? All right. Thank you, guys. I really enjoyed the conversation. Everybody, you can find me at Drew Claiborne on pretty much every social media. Go find me. Hit me up. I want to hear from you. Ask me any questions and we can answer them on the pod so everybody can hear it. As always, please, please go to podcasts and iTunes and give this a five-star review. Maybe write a review and I'll read that on the podcast too. If you put a question into the five-star review, I will answer it on the podcast. And please, if you want to read my blog, go to thedrewcrew.org, where that is our nonprofit. And if you're feeling generous, go ahead and hit donate at the top. And that allows me to keep spreading the word and bringing more awareness to spinal cord injuries and other disabilities and letting people know that they still have a life to live and there's much motivation and happiness that can come from this. Amen. Yep. All right, guys. Bye. 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 All right. See you next week. Wow. The love booty never make me frown. The love booty wow. about to fuck it up right now. And she gon' throw wow. it back like a truck.